The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So it is a great joy to be with you all this afternoon, and um, I just want to welcome Father Cush, who's the pastor at Sacred Heart, and um, a longtime friend of the Cohn family. As we gather to celebrate this great joy, this great joyous day in the life of Jake and Regina, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous. I usually don't, I don't do weddings anymore. I'm the family life office director, and I don't do weddings. And so, uh, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Father Sean Kilcally. I serve as the director of the Office for Family Life here in the Diocese of Lincoln. And uh, it's been my joy to know Jake and Regina for about four years, I think, right? And, uh, and just to watch them grow. And so this is the first time I've done a wedding for someone where I really knew them and watched them through, like, before they were dating, then they're dating, and then their engagement and now celebrating their wedding. Usually we meet a couple and meet with them a few times and try to get to know them a little bit. Um, But I remember very distinctly the day that I met Jake and Regina for the first time together, um, which was at another wedding. And so I went to this wedding as a guest and I had run into Jeff and Annette and I asked, you know, about, you know, where everybody was and where's Regina? And they were like, oh, she's over with the DJ. And so I look over at the DJ and he's like sneaking an arm around a little bit. And I was like, oh, young love, young love. And then later on, like as things moved on and then they were officially dating. They were like super friends before or something. And then they were officially dating. And, um, and then they decided that they wanted to get married. And, and there's something really beautiful in being able to watch that progression. And they're also the youngest couple that I've ever married. But I think there's also something beautiful in that. Because, like, what I do know about them, like, individually and their personalities is that they tend to know what they want. And when they know what they want, they just go and do it. And I had a professor in the seminary who talked about vocations and, and how... 
No, our Lord wants to form all of us. And he used this analogy of a vice. And he said that, you know, our Lord wants to form all of us, kind of like a block of wood. And if a woodworker is trying to form this block of wood into something beautiful, he has to secure it in a vice in order that it will remain steady so that he can work on this. And when we choose our vocation, it's like being placed in that vice. So this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And this is the way in which our Lord is going to work on me. And this is the way in which our Lord is going to make me holy. And I remember being in the seminary. And in the seminary, there's always these temptations like, I want to be a priest. I want to get married. I want to be a priest. Wow, I met this really interesting person. I want to be a priest. Like, that happens to people. And insofar as we're like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that. We're not in the vice. We're not secure. And our Lord can't work on us in the way that he wants to because of that instability. And there are lots of faithful people I know, and, and in their college years, they're sort of like discerning God's will. And they're always discerning God's will. And they meet somebody really interesting, but then they have to discern God's will. And then they go to coffee and they see somebody else interesting. They're like, maybe that's God's will. And someday they'll be in a retirement home and they'll be like, I'm discerning my vocation. And we can stay in this constant state of discernment and our Lord doesn't get to work on our lives. And today, as you make these promises to one another, you place yourself into that vice, into that this is the way that our Lord is going to work on your life for the rest of your life. And there's a kind of wonder in that. This is the way that our Lord is going to make you holy for the rest of your life. And the way that you'll learn to love for the rest of your life. And our Lord says, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. And our Lord reveals to us this order of love that that first the Father loved Jesus and then he loved us. And then he says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, you must keep my commandments and remain in my love. And he makes this promise, I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. And our joy comes from the presence of Christ in our hearts and and that first movement of our Lord entering into our lives. And the sacrament of matrimony is based on the sacrament of baptism. So the requirement for a marriage to be a sacrament is that both people are baptized, that they're both in relationship with Jesus, that they know what it is to receive his love. They know what it is to remain in his love. And then in a very particular way, his love becomes ordered in your lives towards each other. And so the foundation of the, for the grace of the sacrament of marriage is the grace of the sacrament of baptism as it's alive in your hearts and it lives in your hearts. And it reflects what is also true about the natural order that 
that the witness of love that you've had in your families is a foundation for the love that you have for one another. And today is also a day to have gratitude for the fact that you both grew up in faithful families where you learned to love our Lord and to receive our Lord's love, where you also learned about a suffering love, where you've also been able to witness a redeemed love, And it's that redeemed love that our Lord continually calls us to. And as we keep grounded in him, in everything that he's done for us, everything that he's done to bring you to this point, it's then that we experience that joy that is in us. And we experience the completion or the fulfillment of our joy. And so as you come forward and you exchange vows, and you say those words, I do, those are these most powerful words. You know, when somebody is baptized and they come into a relationship with, our, with Jesus for the first time, they're asked a bunch of questions and they say, I do. Do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty promises? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints? I do. And those promises then become the guiding principle of our lives. And so as you enter into the sacrament of matrimony, you'll be asked these questions. Do you promise to be true to each other in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, till death do you part? I do. And then you spend the rest of your life living up to that promise or living out that promise. It's that promise that gives us security in this particular sacrament is that promise that forms the bond that makes the sacrament present. And that's what we come to give witness to today. And there's great hope and great joy in the many people who have come to you, together with you to witness you enter into that phase of your life. And so... If you're ready to enter into that sacrament of matrimony to welcome our Lord to transform your love, to make that promise and commitment to each other, I invite you to come forward with your attendance for the exchange of vows.